I'm just describing feelings that I have in words. You know what I mean? I didn't think the thought in words. I felt the feeling of what I'm trying to share. And then the word that is close to what I'm trying to express comes out. But sometimes there's not enough words in the English language or the right words to actually express what I'm coming up with, like that I'm feeling. Or maybe I just don't have the vocabulary to come up with to describe exactly what I'm feeling. Hello, everyone. Hello, folks. There's a high-energy hey for you. I am recording the intros to Season 2 of Movement Matters now. Whoops, hit record there. On April 26th. For those of you who didn't know the math or couldn't do the math real quick there, we are six weeks into what is quarantine for the United States and specifically all around this year neck of the woods six weeks and change just got a visit uh, here at core from my dad from pops uh, I borrowed their iPad for Griffin because not gonna lie it's a huge help when he has the iPad to play with at home but my mom needs it back so he picked that up and we had a really good chat kept our distance which was weird and what we've been doing obviously are you hugging i we didn't hug uh we wanted to hug we looked at each other some good father-son eye contact and some some love but no no hugging no touching talked a lot though talked about the movie that i've been encouraging them to watch that ari and i have been encouraging them to watch called biggest little farm if you haven't seen it yet Highly recommend it. Just came out, I think, over a little over a year ago. We we're curious how that farm's doing. But basically, that's where we're headed. That's where we got to go, I think. Biodiversity, relearning how to just let balance be, let the natural balance be. Uh, like a little puzzle, a rubrics cube. We just, rubrics cube. We just have to move one little piece, and then so many ripple effects will take place. And if you haven't seen the movie, you're not going to know probably what I'm talking about. But if you have any sense of just how permaculture works, how biodynamic farming works, and the realities of biodiversity, then you'll know what I'm rambling about. You know, it's good for me to ramble. I don't ramble a lot. I'm not a big rambler. Uh, at least I don't think I am. But, you know, in terms of these intros, this is, uh, this is big. I'm not going to ramble on the other ones as much. Just need to get a lot out on this one. This is the first, these are the first episodes that I've done intentionally on my own without a co-host. Uh, just leave it at that. And that's big. It's a different world for me. I think I like it. And I hope you do too. Um, you know, that, that hopefully will uh, be a result of liking the guest as well. So I guess there's not a whole lot more to say. We all, we're all doing the same thing to a large extent. Um, 
things are happening. The Zen Den's not reopening. Um, admittedly, that doesn't surprise me too much, but still, still sad. Doylestown's standing united, and and I I think we're all hopefully going in the direction of feeling the the creativity emerging from within to be engaged with each other and with the world around us in a more uh, eco-village kind of way and orientation and organization and and the foundations of permaculture and, and reality and being on the land and being in relation with the land and proper healthy relation with all of life, which so obviously is part of what got us into this um, this unique learning space. I won't say mess, but this this unique little spot to begin with. Uh, so let's learn. Let's learn, let's learn, let's learn. So, okay, I'm going to stop. Casey. Our guest is Casey. He was the first guest for Movement Matters Season 2, Episode 1. We recorded this a while ago, and that's that's why it's a little, mm, it's a lot for me to kind of get my bearings here. I didn't do the intros because we weren't planning to release these, and then everything obviously changed, and or we weren't planning to release them yet until April, and then in March everything changed, and I just needed to give myself time to figure out how the heck am I going to contextualize all of this. The fact of the matter is, these interviews, um, the first four that we did prior to quarantine, are are still extremely relevant. And Casey is relevant partly because he's a local um, he's a local celebrity. Let's just be honest. He is the kind of person that you would want to get to know now. If you didn't know him before, you're going to want to get to know him now. He is the most, one of the most energetic, I was going to say young men, but certainly just people that I've ever met. And I know a lot of energetic people. He is one of the most energetic people. And he is a Wim Hof, ice bath, breathwork, um, aficionado and extraordinaire. And I think what we're all learning right now, or hopefully you're starting to learn, is that those tools and practices and methodologies are how we're going to move forward. You know, everybody that's paying any attention to the, the sort of general learning uh, that we're going through right now is is seeing that this is so, lifestyle is everything. Medicine's not going to be the cure. Lifestyle is everything. Medicine is there to support lifestyle when needed, but lifestyle, lifestyle, lifestyle. And the lifestyle education, the lifestyle coaching, the life coaching that Casey brings to the table and Casey is all about in every moment is huge. Just seeing a car pull in. It's an empty parking lot normally, so I'm not sure what that's about. But anyway, Casey is extremely relevant, to say the least. And you're going to hear about all of that in this wonderful chat. Um, what else do we get into? We get into his... Well, that's, that's related already. His morning routines, um, again, his coaching. He is a life coach, to say the least, really focusing on accountability, um, men, manliness. What does it mean for us to be a man in this new world? He has a great quote here, which I love, which is that um, a badass. Here's a quote from Casey about being a badass. Hang on. 
got to just find it. This is all very organic, people. We love the organic. All right, a badass is someone who shows love in all five languages, has comes from a place of integrity, and takes care of her or himself. That's Casey's quote for a badass. And integrity, thats this is his wording again, is, is like a pill. It's the cure for a fixed mindset. And that's a big thing that he gets into and we get into in general is the difference between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. A growth mindset is one where you... Well, I'll say, I'll say fixed first. Basically, you are destination-oriented, and you're usually coming from, you know, classically is referred to as the ego in that context. Not that ego's bad. It's all about balance. A growth mindset, which isn't necessarily very strong for some of us, maybe a lot of us, is focused on how to be playful and to see adventure in every moment and we is another wording of casey's play is the ability to make everything an adventure i love that and that that's probably the best place for us to begin but play again is the ability to make everything an adventure love it uh let's see any other key things that we're going to get into hmm yeah, yeah, we're good, we're good. So this was recorded all the way back on January 30th, which was pretty much right after a lot of changes took place here at Koru. And I hope you love it. Thank you. Thanks uh, for listening to season one, excuse season two, episode one of Movement Matters with Casey Kalodny. See you later. Obviously, we can edit it out, but we are recording. We are officially recording. Yeah, <laughs> that was not a fart. Yeah, no, it was a clap. The sound a... of one hand clapping. Yeah, one hand touching the other one. Oh, it was two hands clapping. Yeah. Did you have enough dates? I had plenty of dates. You had eight. One, seven. two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, seven dates. Seven dates. Do you feel better? I feel much better. They're incredibly satisfying dates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nature's candy, like you said. Yeah. Candy of the trees. That's candy it. of the trees. That's right. All fruits kind of like nature's candy. Yeah, but dates are really candy. Yeah, but they have the effect of food. Yeah. As opposed to candy. Yeah. Except you know, if you have too many. Mm-hmm. I used to think of mulberries as nature's candy. When I first discovered mulberries, mm-hmm. I remember the first time I had a mulberry. Mm. It was 2009. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I had a sheltered childhood, Casey. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Been having mulberries since I was a wee lad. Well, you grew up very differently than me, and I think even most. How did you grow up? Um, in short, I was raised Catholic over in Montgomery County, Lansdale and Hatfield. Mm-hmm. Went to Catholic schools uh, until college, and I, until I was 16, really was deeply in that whole Catholic school, mm-hmm. grade school routine and world. Uh, yeah. So mulberries weren't introduced at all. They're not, they're not a very Catholic fruit. So you never ran into a mulberry tree and just like started eating berries off a bush? No. Or a tree, a tree, obviously. As much of a nature lover as my dad is, he's he's more of a gardener for the having a garden and the aesthetic of a garden and the, the 
kind of mm-hmm. getting fed through his eyes and the, just the beauty of the flowers mostly. Mm. He's never been a food guy. Mm. So I never did anything related to learning about food plants. Wow. Well, I didn't Which do I anything. To, <laughs> yeah, I didn't do anything to learn about food plants. We were just like climbing a tree, and there were berries, and we started eating them, which could have been really bad. Been daring, you were. I wasn't as daring as you, to yeah. say the least. Yeah. Well, my neighbors did it first, so. Okay. Yeah, just if anybody exposed me to that. No. Right. No. Who'd, right. who'd you hang out when was he, when you were a kid? Do you have like neighbors, neighborhood? You know. Yeah, but. Or it was did more... you just like sit like a little Catholic boy in your? house with your hands crossed and just wait till school started there was a bit of that but we also went outside and played and it just wasn't <laughs> that kind of play it was more sports and mm-hmm. you know, certainly running around in the woods and getting dirty and climbing things but the idea of eating from a tree directly or a bush or even you know picking a leaf mm. anywhere was never there until much later in life yeah it's so interesting how the um, connection between food from the earth and what I'm actually eating as I'm growing up was non-existent. Yeah, well, I think that's for most people. I think that's something that we got to bring back, you know. Most yes. people are super disconnected from their food. The disconnection was the key. Yeah, well, as a father, I've certainly paid attention to that. Griffin knows mulberries. We eat crab apples. Mm-hmm. You know, just walking around anywhere, especially around here, mm-hmm. um, maybe not in certain urban areas for sure, but around here, you can find all of it. Oh, yeah. Crab apples are a block away regularly. You know what I, I always think about is like if there was a like apocalypse where the grid went down and we had to use our environment, I'm like, we live in a great environment. Like where my parents live, there's all kinds of creeks. There were 13 deer in my yard yesterday. That's a lot of deer. That's a lot of meat. You got the mulberries. You got, you know, wild blackberries and raspberries. And then you can grow the kale. and the go- it's, it's a great place to live, you know? If everything went to shit, completely just agree. to live it's off a the earth. Big part of why I stay here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're ready? You got all the supplies in the basement for if everything. No, but I'm very close with some preppers. Mm. I need to get a little closer with one of them. Do they uh, have like bunkers? He borderline has a bunker. He's got that. He's got a lot of things. Some of them would probably scare you and others, but <laughs> like ammunition style direction. Yeah. And food and direction but I, I obviously we weren't you we don't have to bring in the ammo side of things but um well i actually i think that's an interesting thing to talk about of like just having that makes everything kind of, it, it just raises the stakes a little bit in a way that i it's like why you just don't think that people would be reasonable and share and everybody would come and be a community like like nine eleven goes down everybody's like trying to help each other you know you don't think that that would be the case you think everybody would that's how, how long? Negative attitude, <laughs> and not Christian, not Catholic. I mean, there's a. Uh-huh. I'm not gonna. I've never been a Bible quoter, but Jesus has a line. I'm gonna that's quote kind of, it right now. <laughs> I don't have the line, but it's about prepping. Essentially, like, you know, don't. It has essentially everything to do with um, not hoarding, mm-hmm. because of the fact that it reinforces certain ideas. One of them being fear of not having enough, or fear of what would happen mm-hmm. if you ran out, or if something. Damn. Devastating. It's a lack mindset, not an abundance mindset. And lack comes from fear. And fear leads to evil. (laughs) And that is the perfect preface to your entire, I'd say, mission and worldview and correct me if I'm wrong. Sure, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, (laughs) seemingly that's fairly accurate for 
what you strive to present and represent and mm. teach. Oh yeah, that well yeah, I'm all about um releasing fear, stepping into love, trust, having absolute faith in the universe and um having living my my whole thing is being living at a vibration that you want to live at and that vibration the vibrations that are great to live at are abundance, joy, love, connection, like these vibrations if we can embrace those and that's what I'm all about is living in those vibrations all of the time by releasing what I call lower density vibrations that kind of are, you know, some people are like, well, you're not being real. I'm like, reality is whatever you make it to be. You know, this is my reality. That's your reality. But like one is more, I don't know, third dimensional or like, yeah, like fear is very separate rather than connected. When you're afraid, you're separating yourself from others in the world and it's about you and what things are going to happen to you when you, like what I consider raise your vibration is you're connected with more and more things. So you're like, what does everything have to offer me and what do I have to offer to everything else rather than what can I protect myself from or you get what I'm saying. Well, I get it, mm -hmm. but I'm... I think you know, and that's why you know I pause almost between every syllable sometimes. I care so much about the meaning of, of what's said and the meaning of the words we're using. Mm -hmm. Do you think you could unpack what that connection, like to be connected or to feel connected, can you unpack what that really means to you more? All right. So to... Well, and I can give you a little like foundation for what I imagine... Or where I would have guessed you mm -hmm. going. Why do you take so much care of yourself? Why do I take good care of myself? Well, you know, there's the classic, um, if somebody else is hurting, I'm hurting kind of thing. So if I'm not taking care of myself, I'm not taking care of every, like, I can't take care of myself. I can't take care of anybody else if I'm not taking care of myself, right? And if somebody else is hurting, I'm hurting. It's all that same principle of interconnectedness. Right. And so hmm, what elaborate on the question. What was the question again? <laughs> well, I, I love that podcast. What was it called again? Who's your friend again? Oh, Mickey Roberts, knowing nothing. Yeah. And you, you described a lot of this. You really dug into the, uh, the particular kind of rules and laws that you're referring to in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's not foreign to, I think a general sort of spiritual quote unquote spiritual audience or, people who just think about interconnectivity or unity, if you will, but mm -hmm. knowing that a lot of what, you know, we're, we're on a podcast right now that's, you know, we're at Koru. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this new season is going to be called Movement Matters, but <laughs> movement is fundamental. The body is fundamental. Embodying yeah. everything is mm -hmm. fundamental and foundational. So the question about taking care of yourself, obviously you're taking care of your body. Mm -hmm. Obviously I'm not trying to feed you what I think you're saying, but the ability to experience that connection and feel that connection, I assume has everything to do with how well you take care of yourself. Yeah. Well, let me, let me, I think it has a lot to do with that because I guess I'll just talk about for the universe for a second. I'm just going to kind of ramble on what I believe about the Good. universe I'm and leaning back. And, <laughs> and that, so let's start on the atomic level, right? 
Atoms are... His arms are spread wide. <laughs> atoms are 99% emptiness. Oh, eventually I'm going to do a little video, by the way. Is that cool? Yeah. Cool. They're 99% emptiness, which means that what... And we're all... Everything is atoms. This table is atoms. I'm atoms. The date's atoms. You know, the entire universe is made out of atoms. And what is holding them all together is the vibration that they hold. And they're vibrating at levels, you know, because it's emptiness. So it's all vibration. It's all energy. And so basically, we are all just energy. And we're energy in less dense and more dense forms. And because you have um, different dimensions. And each dimension, I believe, becomes less and less dense. And those dimensions can be defined by, you know, chemical elements. But I think that as we move forward, those dimensions can be identified by emotional states and um, our thought patterns and everything like that. And so in order to hold, I think, a certain vibration, a certain feeling, a certain, you know, what I call state of being, where your thoughts are a certain way, your feelings are a certain way, and magic really starts to flow in your life where, you know, you say one thing and it appears very soon after, or synchronicities start to appear, people coming into your life that are also having synchronicities. In order to live in that world, in that reality. It's about raising your vibration. And I think what you're talking about when it comes to taking care of your body is a key to raising your vibration because in order to raise your vibration, you need to be connected with source of everything that is. And of course, we, the source of humans, come from this planet, right? Since we are sourced from the planet, we should live how we're naturally supposed to live, which means eating foods that come from the earth. That like mulberries. Like mulberries. That already makes you a healthier being. You know, moving around and exercising and being, you know, what what is healthy? Healthy is just what is really natural. What is our, you know, optimal state of being is really what is healthy. And that requires movement and diet and just getting closer to having a clear system that lacks density, which could be, you know, the density of the, say, meat, right, holds a certain vibration. So say you eat something that was killed and had a high stress level, like the vibration of, you know, the emotions that that animal had, well, you can say the chemicals actually get, like when the animal is stressed out, those chemicals actually get released into the meat and then when you eat the meat, you're eating those stress hormones, and then you become more stressed. So if you cut that out, then you don't have that stress. And the stress really is kind of density that's pulling you down. So if you eat clean things that don't have a lot of, you know, density to them, I know I'm using this word a lot, density, and I feel like I need to define it better for people. But yeah, if you eat things that are light, like broccoli, doesn't have too much stress going on. <laughs> you know, arugula doesn't have too much stress well, do going wanna, on. Do you want to look at density for a moment? Sure. Well, because I'm all about... Uh, language is one of the best, if not the best, tools we have. You know, we've got mm -hmm. all of these tools available to us for every context. Air, water, movement. Mm -hmm. I relate to language as one of the other best tools. And it's prim primarily as far as how we can get creative and, and connect with each other, of course. Mm. So, yeah, if we're going to use these words, to me it matters that we define them or at least are understanding them together. Mm -hmm. um, and we, being everybody, everybody that can hear it, 
and has the ability to interpret it correctly. Um, mm-hmm. you know, hence, real wellness. Like, there's a fundamental lack of understanding about what the word wellness even means. You know, I was, mm-hmm. I was at a, an event yesterday, and I was reminded that you know, wellness can mean so many different. It can literally just be a hospital to some people, mm-hmm. and that's not necess- That's not wrong, but it's not necessarily the same meaning as, of course when I use it in a particular context, and health even, and all mm-hmm. of these words. Well, it all comes with the feeling associated with the word, and that can change. That's the density, you mean? No, I'm just saying when it comes to word, like, because what happens for me is that I'm just describing feelings that I have in words. You know what I mean? I didn't think the thought in words. I felt the feeling of what I'm trying to share, and then the word that, is close to what I'm trying to express comes out. But sometimes there's not enough words in the English language or the right words to actually express what I'm coming up with, like that I'm feeling, or maybe I just don't have the vocabulary to come up with to describe exactly what I'm feeling. Uh, and, and, and it's really what I'm feeling more than what I'm thinking. Cause when I try and think about it, it doesn't, I can't really, nothing really comes out. <laughs> well, I think we inevitably, think ourselves into a place where we realize words are not sufficient. They're not going to suffice, but Mm -hmm. I like that. Mm -hmm. I relate to that as a good thing. Yeah. I actually think that's a fundamentally good uh, result because one of my favorite words is ineffable, which means essentially that it's beyond words. Mm -hmm. We can't explain everything. We can't literally Mm -hmm. use words to describe everything. Well, that's something that I'm super into is being able to then move on to like the next stage of what that is of communicating through feelings. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, cause you can, you can, it's like, how do we make it as clear and widely understood as languages by communicating with feelings? Like it seems like this untangible thing, but really like people feel it and it's a real thing. It's like, how does that become everyday language? And I think it really has to do with tuning into our feelings and understanding that more. And I think so many people are out of touch or disconnected from their feelings that that's why this couldn't actually be a language because people have definitely communicated like that in the past. People probably communicated like that before there was language. They just communicated on like, I see, well, that's how animals communicate in a way. It's like, I can feel what you're feeling right now. Like, Oh, they feel scared. I should feel scared and Mm. like look around. It's like, we've kind of lost that. And it really, it's empathy. And, a, and, and that's something that I think really needs to be like brought back on a serious level is, is really tuning into people more for what they're trying to say rather than what the words are that are actually coming out of their mouth, you know? And they say, right, scientists say that communication is 45% tonality, 45% body language, and 10% the words. Not that the words aren't important, but like really my movement my tonality expresses way more to a person than just the words that I'm saying. Yes. And that's how that's like sarcasm happens. That's why the meaning is so exciting to me. Yes. Exactly. But let, maybe we take a, take a turn somewhere else for a second. Yeah. Before going further into density and sarcasm. Because and <laughs> <laughs> empathy makes me think of boundaries and we could get into a lot of why do we have to balance the two, et cetera, et cetera. And, I think more importantly, just to, how are you feeling right now? And 
we'll first start with that. How am I feeling right now? What are you feeling right now? Right now, I'm just feel, like today. I'm just feeling. If I had to describe it in a sound, I go. Ah. With a smile <laughs> on your face. So. With a smile on my face, just. Ah, you know, I will. I, I, I interpret ninety percent of that as as kind of pleasant. Yeah, no, it, it's pleasant. pleasant. <laughs> I I don't feel like I'm a hundred percent on top of my game today, mm. but I'm okay with that. I, I'm fully okay with not being on top of my game, and um, I'm just very surrendered to whatever is going to happen happens, and I have very low stress, but not, like, I'm just not all there, like, I just don't, because sometimes when I do, when I wake up on time, and I have my list, and I'm going, and I'm in a systematic thing, things just start to flow more, and I feel just kind of like, like... I'm moving slow today. I'm kind of like, there's not enough water in the water slide, and I'm like a fat kid that's kind of stuck, just kind of like... <laughs> that's if you don't wake up on time and don't sit. Yeah, well, no, that's just how I feel today. I just feel like oh. I'm in a water slide without any water, just moving slow. I'm still moving, and it's kind of just like funny that I'm just like squeaking through. <laughs> yeah, I don't get, I like tight spaces. Oh, you don't get claustrophobic? No. Wow. I, I oh, am so different in that regard. No, well, and I grew up with, like, a lot of closeness of, like, my dad always, like, likes to get close and, like, and we're we're natural nudges, you know? I'm, I'm a big nudge. The Kolodnys. Yeah, nudges. we're nudniks, is how my grandma would say. You're a nudnik. So you went from ice, ice, <laughs> what is it? Oh yeah, Kaladni means ice delivery man. Ice That's... delivery people to Nudniks. Nudniks. It's Yiddish for annoying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Is it a Jewish ancestry? Yeah. That's what I was saying. Okay. Cool. How much? Or entirely? My dad did the 23andMe and he's like 99.6% Askenazi Jew. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> I wrote down the frog. It's a total, t total turn. Here. Total turn. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the first thing on your IMDb. Yeah. It was the first real movie I did. Yeah, I was in high school and, oh, it's funny because I'm about to, I'm, I might be shooting another movie with the same guy, my friend Tyler. Um, coming up soon, it, it would be about like the Civil War and stuff but Tyler, Tyler does the frog yeah he did the frog Tyler Wallach he always does the same thing to me where <laughs> he's like ah you know I don't know if you're right for the part but I want you to come in and, and do the rehearsal and he makes me feel like I'm not gonna be in it and so I'm like whatever and then is that a game or I, I don't know I I think <laughs> it's his own I think it's his own thing I don't think it has anything to do with me he's like ah you know I, I before for Frog, it was like, I just want to, you know, have an actor that's, like, done things before. And now it's like, I just need to work with a different you actor. You embodying Tyler, so not Casey. Everything's different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. But basically, he was my cousin's, my older cousin's childhood friend. They lived down the block from each other. And then my cousin introduced me, and I started helping him out. And then um, I got to play the role of the bully. Which, at first, everybody was like, oh, you're not really in a bully in Frog. frog. Yeah, I played the main bully. I was like, hey, Danny. And I, like, killed his frog. And then he burned down my treehouse. And it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. 
But uh, I actually won an award for Best Supporting Actor in the Southampton Film Festival. Congratulations. So that was a way of introducing the fact that you are an accredited actor, to say the least. Yeah. Yes. What's your biggest role so far, in your opinion? Um, I guess my biggest... Or you can list a couple that you feel good about, feel excited about. That I feel excited about? Oh, oh, there's this one, this film that's not coming out yet, but it's called Happy Birthday Marty. And I play Marty. Happy Birthday Marty. Yeah. And okay. So I feel pretty good about that because I'm a main character. I'm doing it with, uh, I already did it with Joe Ando Hirsch, who's in The Walking Dead, who I would help a lot with his Which audition tape. again? Yeah, you mentioned him before. Did I? Well, to me, privately. What's his, which character is he in The um, Walking Dead? I forget. I could look it up real quick. Yeah. Or we can look it up later. Yeah. But, we'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he had a nice little part in The Walking Dead. But, um, yeah, so I'm excited for that movie to come out. I feel like I did some of my best work, which was really once I stopped acting, and then I just started, like, doing things that people asked for fun. There was no more pressure, but it was great because they were actually actors that took things seriously, and I was able to really just dive into the feelings, which is really what I'm all about, is, like, state management, of managing my emotional and physical state. Because if you have control over that, you have control over your entire reality. Because that classic quote of, you know, life is uh, 10% what happens to you and 90% of how you react to it. Mm. If you can control your state and your reaction, then you can control 90% of your life. And that's kind of what I work Which with. Is pretty good. That's a passing grade. <laughs> yeah. It's an A-. minus. It's an A-. minus. <laughs> sometimes I say to people in sessions as well, like, look. Just these skills alone, I, that's a B plus. Like, <laughs> you're living with a B plus right there. Living with a B That's pretty plus. damn good. <laughs> yeah. live with a B plus, that's not bad. Yeah, because most of your life. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, because I, I say to people, uh, oh, what was, there was something happened that I used to say this line to people about, like, I was like, what's the worst that could happen? I'd end up, like, homeless, sucking dick for cocaine. That wouldn't be so bad, you know what I mean? It's like, I could be happy in any situation is what I'm saying. It's like, I could maintain my state because I'm aware of what triggers my emotions, what triggers my brain chemistry on a physical level and how to control my thoughts and how to be aware of everything that's going on. It's all about awareness of, you know, that you have control over your behavior and you can control your emotions through your breath, through your diet, through your thoughts, through all kinds of activities. Or are you controlling your emotions or just being in control of your reactions, to simplify it? Well, you're not, like, you're you're not being controlled by your emotions. Let That's me put it more that way. controlling your emotions. Yeah. yeah. Your emotions are still happening, but right. you, yeah, you might not be reacting on your, like, so say something happens and it really aggravates me, right? I'm not, like, suppressing my emotion. I feel the emotion. But I'm not letting that emotion dictate my actions. Right. All right. We can't let that comment a moment ago slide, though. So I think there's a reason you're not sucking dick for cocaine. <laughs> I think there's an objective reason that's not the path you've chosen. Right? Yes. Yeah. That's not how you're living your life. So. Yeah, no, I know. But I, I was just saying in that moment. Uh, I don't think you'd be. I don't think you'd embody the quality of. <laughs> control or um you wouldn't embody the level of um you wouldn't represent what you represent if those were the, the 
So the choices you were making were leading you down that path. Oh, absolutely. I think what was happening was I was telling people that I was going to quit my job. Okay. And they're and they're like, well, what's your plan? I was like, I don't have a plan. And they're like, well, what's going to happen? I was like, what What are you so afraid of? What's the wor-? And I was like, what's the worst thing that could happen, right? I end up, you know, and, that, and then that line, That's right? not very good, though. That's the worst thing that could happen, right? Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> so good thing that didn't happen because, you know, you avoided some, some serious pain problems. I know. And it, 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 the whole point of saying that is like, that. how ridiculous is that? Like, what is the worst thing that could happen? If that's the worst thing that could happen, I'm okay with that. But that's never going to happen because I'm me, not, I'm me, yeah. you know? I'm Everything, it, you have to trust in yourself. People have such a lack of trust in their self that I really try and build in people. I think if people trusted their self and surrendered to that everything is going to work out, just surrendered to that mindset, everything would work out. But people are creating the reality all the time, like with the whole, oh, let me say one thing. Let me say one thing of like, they're like, um, people are like, oh, I bet you this is going to happen. And then it happens like, I told you so. And you're like, you just created that to happen. Of course it's going to happen. That never happens to me in my life. Right, and that whole podcast we referenced before is about manifesting your reality. Mm-hmm. Yes. Why, though, are you, why does that seem hard for, as you said, many people? Or you know, how did you phrase it? Why does it seem hard to, to see that and to make that connection? To oh, well, that? it's just social programming. Like, well, what? That gets to what I meant earlier about the meaning and the density and the, the embodying it and how, you know, how do you maintain your awareness essentially? How do I maintain my awareness? I'll get to in a second. Cause I just realized what I mean by density. Oh, good. <laughs> and so what it really comes down to is separation and unity, right? Separation is what I mean by the more separate you can get something, the more you can clump it into one thing. Like if I believe that I'm separate, this as one thing is really dense. But if I'm connected to everything, that's not very dense at all because we're like a bigger mass. You know, like the mass, if you're separate, the mass is smaller and denser. Well, like if you're compressing, if you're, so say, ah, I'm just coming up with this on the spot, but like, say you're God, right? Say like that we're all God. If you take the godliness that you are and which is enormous because we're all like, we're all everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you just took everything, all the godliness that you possess and put it into you. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a very, that's very dense. Yeah. You know, but if you expand the godliness of the connection of everything among all the people, it's less dense. So it's really separation versus connection rather than density and lightness. Okay. So what you're saying is that the more you relate to, well, yourself and others and things and inherently just reality as a lot of separate pieces and fragmented pieces, your relationship to everything will be heavier because inherently in each piece is the same uh, amount, if you will. The mm-hmm. same, it's the same. Mm-hmm. And we call it godliness or divinity or what have you. Presence. Presence. So, Source. So packing all of that into small pieces means those pieces are heavier, essentially. Mm-hmm. This is all a matter of 
conceptualizing it. <laughs> but if you let everything be linked and connected, it's flowing and inherently there's really only one unifying weight, so to speak, which you can relate to in a lighter way. Yeah. That's what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. That's cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> I dig that. That's what I'm trying to say because when you... Which is how you relate to yourself. That's how I relate to myself because if I come into what I would describe as a more dense state where, you know, and the things that create the separateness are the fear, are the anxiety, are the thoughts that like I'm on my own, everybody's against me, I'm a victim of my reality. Those are thoughts that separate you from the entire world, which make you then in turn less dense, more separate and less connected and less easily able to flow through the universe, right? You become a rock in the river rather than a water molecule. That's the, that's a good way to put it. A rock versus a water molecule. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you just are kind of heavy and falling and you're, you're there's a holding. Mm -hmm. You can't go with it as much. Yeah. And that rock really you can look at as ego and as the water, and if you let the water pass over you over and over again, eventually it's just going to wear away into sand, and then you as sa and then the sand will flow into the river, and you become one with everything, you know. And then you can flow with the river wherever I wish it takes that was you. The video I take. And trust that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can come up with more things. Yeah, we've got all day. Well, kind of, <laughs> we kind of agreed we'd stop around. We can stop when we feel like stopping. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, but maybe let's let's take a second. Like, what if we take everything that we've said before and forget that, and let's focus on one thing, and that thing be flow. Sure, it's what you're describing, the ability to experience that mm -hmm. connection is yeah. flow. Yeah, yeah, and and the way to do that is by I think uh, something that I work with a lot of people with is getting out of them themselves and connecting with others is like the first step it's like you know how you there's that quote say more about your work for a second because it's important that you're you're basically describing your coaching brand your coaching style yeah, yeah so what i do so for everybody listening i have grown up with my mother who channels archangel Raphael. so i always had this i i'm writing a television show called the oracle sun because it's kind of like that so i always had this guidance and wisdom for anything that ever happened into my life and so from all that wisdom from doing energy sessions all the time i developed a curiosity for wisdom and connecting with nature and i spent a lot of time in nature going into myself you know, playing instruments, and then I got into Wim Hof and breathing and XPT and acting and really going into the human condition and that state. And I came out with all these tools and knowledge. And I've always had the belief that I have unlimited potential. And the only thing that is limiting me are my beliefs, that my reality is what I believe it to be. And if I truly believe it to be on all levels of believing that I'm worthy of it, believing that it is true, then whatever I can actually imagine will come true. And I feel the same that that's not just for me, that's for everybody else. So a big part of what I'm all about is helping people release their limiting beliefs, releasing their density, becoming more one with everything so that they can fulfill their ultimate purpose on this planet. Because I was listening to Michael Beckwith the other day, and what he was saying is that we all are here to express the 
universal presence like it's never been expressed before. And he says, if you don't do you, you won't be done. So we're all here to do us. And us can be done if we can surrender our fears, surrender our lack of trust, surrender lack, surrender all of these things and embrace abundance, embrace love, embrace our connection, embrace joy, embrace our true essence. And so that's what I'm really here to help people do is to clear through all of their limiting beliefs and empower them to surrender to their essence and hold the vibration that they were brought to or chose to be on this planet to bring to the earth, which ultimately all leads back to connecting because everything is an infinite loop. <laughs> I guess I, I, I just, I was going to change subjects. So I was going to let you then keep me on track. Okay. <laughs> we are so on track. That, that was, yep. Yeah. We're not a minute off. That was right there. Nailed it. Uh-huh. Yep. Connection. Minute 34, 20 <laughs> seconds. You got it. Yeah, we're right on cue. Right on cue. So a amen to all of that. And it was neat observing my how I was listening to that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, where I want to go right into, what I want to go right into is your acting classes. So mm -hmm. clearly you teach people how to uh, connect with themselves for certain for, with certain goals in mind mm -hmm. how does an acting class guide or, or work in that way for people well there's so many things and i think they talk about in xpt this thing that i was actually going to talk about for extreme well extreme and exploring performance so the performance yeah yeah training and 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 this i think applies to all performance and all because every like they say that living your life is acting and that you're putting on a performance and what roles you play in different parts but what i'm saying here is um that quote where it's uh about oh we're going to turn that subconscious behavior into conscious behavior conscious behavior that we're choosing so that choice of that behavior then becomes can become subconscious again. And choice was the word you just used, right? Choice yeah, choice. Okay. So we have our subconscious behaviors that we're unaware of. We become aware of those behaviors. Then we change those behaviors into the behaviors that we want to have until they become subconscious. And then we can work on new behaviors. And ultimately, that's what I'm all about when it comes to our emotions, our emotional state. And that's what I'm doing with the acting of you know, a lot of people are unconscious of their thought patterns and what is their breath and what is creating their emotions, what chakras they're operating out of, where their wounds are, what parts are taking over other parts and how they're expressing their, themselves or not expressing themselves. And it's like, how can we become conscious of those things and make a choice of how do we actually want to be and then allow that to become subconscious behavior? And, um, or how can we express who we truly are underneath that is a subconscious behavior that might be, be, co be covered up by fears and things like that. Hmm. And so really the acting is all about how do we move from rather, cause really when people are move, have those shields up, those are things that are fear is coming from a place of ego that if I release this fear, this like and I express myself, then they'll be out to get me and I'll be judged and I'll be hurt and I'm separate from them. 
But if we can release that and operate out of a place of play rather than a place of ego, then you're just playing. You know, you're having fun. So really, when you if you come to this acting class, what it will be is like, how do we express ourselves from a place of play and really be in touch with our emotions and become conscious of what is creating those emotions? And how can we consciously create the state of emotional being that we want to live in from a place of play? Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. My mentor says that the main thing we're, you know, in a nutshell, doing at Core is teaching people how to play. Mm. So that is an obvious link. I mean, there's all kinds of words, but that's one that continues to come up. Yeah, because I, I love playing. And, and, and play? You do. You are, I would say, very playful. That is one of the way, key things I would say about you if I was describing it. Yeah, you. I should put that on my Tinder profile. Yeah. Yeah, that and you, you know, you could be like Brad Pitt, but you got some more. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that speech? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he's gonna put his put award his on Tinder profile. <laughs> like Brad Pitt needs a Tinder profile. Yeah. Well, you know, it actually might be harder to be a celebrity dating than you'd think. Did we? Did I bring up Sharon Stone the other night? Wasn't that? Oh, that she was on Tinder and then she got kicked Bumble. off because they thought Bumble, Bumble. They thought it was a fake profile, right? Oh, uh, yeah. We talked about. That. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, it's fine. But back to what we were talking about about play. Right. <laughs> One of these videos, by the way, look at the camera. I know. Well, because kind of, I like the window is so distracting. Oh, want to put the blind down? No, I love the view. I know, right? Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's so sunny. The air is so crisp today. Mm -hmm. I, th I think the video of me looking inside, that'll work. You know, that'll work. <laughs> but kind of what work means, but I, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, what I want to say about um, plays, like, the reason that I got this idea to, this isn't part of the acting class, but this is, like, another acting thing that I want to teach around emotional mastery, is that when children play, they express all of these parts of self through characters when they're playing, you know, they play these imaginary games where they play the pirate or the panther, and they get these energies that are within inside of them out and express them to each other through play, but it's, you know, it's through play. So it's just like they're just playing around, but they're releasing all these things that adults, once we stop playing, these things just kind of build up inside and become these thought patterns and fears. They, they, they kind of like take position in a new way that's like the adult way rather than the way that they were born into us, which is a play way. So it's about bringing play back for everybody so all these parts can play rather than be so serious. Because something that I really find is that people are way too serious about things. I'm talking about... I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, um... What do you mean? Can you <laughs> I, I, I'm talking about, like, even things like, um, you know, interactions between people. People take things so seriously, and it's harmful for them and the other person. It doesn't create any... Like, your parking... Like, somebody took your parking space, yeah. right? Why, why be so serious about that? Why can't you just be well, like, what, oh, someone took it? my parking space. I'll find another one. <laughs> yeah, and, and it is tempting to talk about Batman. But what? Uh, this is all in reference to your comment about social, do you say conditioning? Is that the phrase you use? Yeah, the social conditioning is... So do you have a sense of the causality here? Like, what's the deal? What's behind that? What's the... I mean, you've used... You've, you've said it in many different ways, and you've referred to a lot of obviously relevant details that put them together. You can, mm -hmm. you can kind of 
we could come up with an answer, but well, what on? How would you summarize it? Well, it's like we need to. It's it's like we need to move out of the state of survival into a state. Uh, like the consciousness is in a is still in is stuck in like survival mode where things like fear and hoarding and you know every man for himself and all of these ideas the vibration of these things still exist in this consciousness like we haven't evolved our consciousness yet even though we have evolved as human beings where really there is tons that we have created so much abundance that if everything was spread equally everybody could have enough of everything that they need you know, there's plenty of abundance and we can constantly create more if we live in abundance instead of lack. We don't really have to be afraid if we can really love each other. And like, of course, there's situations, but it's like, how do we raise the consciousness? And I think that a huge thing that I'm into is we're all consumed on our little black boxes and big black boxes Mine's of red. these. <laughs> yeah, but your screen is black when it's off, right? Gotcha. And, <laughs> and so it's like, um, what we're consuming you know on this cause, obviously well, what this I'm, isn't going, this it's, is going back well before 20 years ago. I know I'm saying it's, it's what is the, um, what are, what information are we receiving through these black boxes is what I'm saying is a cause. It's like so many, like think, think about the television shows that people watch in the movies. It's about almost every television show has like murder and violence and you know Sad. yeah but ev hopefully everybody has sex hopefully not everybody murders somebody that's kind of like my thing around like letting kids i'd rather have my kid watch a movie that has a couple sex scenes than a movie where there's a massacre just because yeah. i i'd rather my kid have a lot of sex than massacre a lot of people <laughs> right and they're not even worth comparing obviously <laughs> they're not the same thing at all. Um, yeah, it, don't it, even need to go there. They're not the same thing at all, obviously. Yeah, I'm just saying, but like people will let their kids watch violent movies yeah. and horror films over letting their kids see some sexual interaction, and I think that that's kind of messed up. It's just because they're not comfortable with their sexuality. I think the word violence is probably the really, really, really important word to look further into here because mm -hmm. you know, to violate yeah. is what you're speaking to, and so. If you're born with a certain program, so to speak, yeah, and it obviously isn't a complete one because completion is a myth. Mm -hmm. I was stating that as a fact, but I realize it's also a question. But it sounds like we're kind of agreeing that there's no complete I'm, programming. Yeah, well, I I don't know. Maybe may, I what I really believe is that we were born with a programming that what you know has everything that it needs. But it's meant to change. Yeah, it's meant. Yeah, well, because we have free will and everything like that. So then we change well, then it alive. as we move. Yeah. <laughs> I I like to keep it super simple. Like we're alive, and uh -huh. to be dead is the you know if we were dead, the programming would not be changing. But we're living. We're not uh -huh. robots. We're not mechanical. It's going to change. Mm. We know that. Just yeah. Neurologically. Yeah. yeah. So. I interpret what you're saying, given obviously because I've thought about this before, is there's a excessive um, pro the the programming uh conditions us to relate to violation as normal and we become excessively violent in many many ways that mm -hmm. are obviously acceptable even just relating to your to others as separate is a arguably violation of reality sure yeah 
I'm well, really and sad. and when others feel relating to anything is separate is a violation of reality. Sure, and the more separate the way that I'm thinking about it is the more separate you make yourself, the more easily you're violated mm -hmm. because you have your separate it's bubble, and then anybody can enter into you and yeah, and it creates you're being violated, and it becomes a normal pattern because just again back to physiology and neurology and neuroplasticity, the more you do it, that's what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So, and I think what what this programming that we're receiving through our you know televisions and phones and media is desensitizing us to that violation, but not through TikTok because that's just about dancing. <laughs> but they're collecting all of your user data <laughs> to violate you and violate your privacy. Yeah, I was kidding. Uh, <laughs> TikTok seems absurd. Absurd as anything. <laughs> um, plus, they're usually dancing to songs that have lyrics like "I'm gonna do this" or "I'm the man" and "Run." Yeah, some kind of violation. But yeah. the link I'm hearing is, in a way, this um, excessive violence, mm -hmm. violating, which to me that makes a lot of sense. And I like when things make sense. And yeah, I can put them in words that are relatable. And so, when you can move into a state of, like I said before, when they hurt, I hurt, then you realize whenever I violate someone, I'm violating myself. Yeah, and that's no longer, quote-unquote, Eastern or Buddhist or mm -hmm. however people may have referred to it 15, 50, whatever many years ago, which I think was probably pretty much the norm. Mm -hmm. um, that's just, yeah. Yeah, but we can, the and like I, I like to talk about that reality is just the rules that we've all collectively agreed on like that is what the world is is like we have all collectively agreed that this is reality and and i think that that can change probably more so than most people would think well this is going to just be semantics and i don't want to we don't have to get into it but it, mm -hmm. ariana and i've talked about this how to how, what other word is there that we can use to describe it because what i meant by reality is that which exists like the connection we're saying is true mm -hmm. and real and constant. Like mm -hmm. connection is real, we're saying. Yeah. So what is the word then for what we perceive as disconnection? Meaning if we're perceiving the separation, if we're reinforcing It's an illusion. Okay. So I'm gonna can we agree to call reality that which is constant and illusion our our interpretation? Yeah, but there are things in reality that are totally illusions. That like Maybe it's all an illusion, right? Well, you know, who knows? But like, I usually don't bother going there because you can't go all the way. <laughs> like eventually, you're just like, oh, I don't know, it's a mystery. Well, yeah. What do you What do you mean? I, I don't know what I mean. What in reality is an illusion? What in reality is a whatever we don't agree on is an illusion. Let's change topics. I don't think I can dive down this rabbit hole right now. <laughs> <laughs> you need more dates. I need more, yeah. Um, well, we don't have to change completely, but we'll just sort of step in a different direction a little bit. So you have a morning, I think you have a morning routine. It seems like people can totally hear you chewing that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, uh, what is that when... People listen to other people like doing DMSR or something. Yeah, here's, here's our let's pause for some. Oh my god! <laughs> no, it's that's the worst noise. I tell Griffin to chew. Please close your mouth every 
day. Please close your mouth and turn. And it's not always please, because you can't just say please all the time. Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, that noise drives me bonkers when it's understood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and chewing with your mouth closed. Amen. Amen to that. Um, but you want to talk about my morning routine? Well, I think you have a morning routine that you value and that you are very public about and you care mm-hmm. about sharing. Yeah, it, and it it's changed. I kind of simplified it recently. But I think it's really important to set the, the tone of the day off right, you know? And if you say you're going to... Like, last night I didn't say I was going to wake up at a certain time, so it was okay for me to sleep in. But if you say you're going to wake up at a certain time, you should wake up at that time because you want to... Like, you make that first promise to yourself. You don't want to be breaking promises first thing in the morning. Which actually means you're starting the day before you even go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I made the promise for tomorrow, <laughs> and I got to keep... the tone the night before. Yeah, it's all about keeping those promises to yourself. And and I, most of my morning routine is, like, meditation, breathe. Yeah, my morning routine is meditation, breathing, taking, you know nourishing my body, exercising, mostly things to just like calm myself down and focus and have like get the focus train going of like dunk, 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 get the rhythm going for the day so that no matter what comes my way, I can handle it because I've already taken care of myself. So I don't feel overwhelmed that I haven't taken care of myself. I've had those, you know, it usually is about an hour in the morning that I've taken care of me. So now I can take care of everybody else because I already took care of me. Yeah. You know, and that's a huge part so of the morning routine. Yeah, and I can be, and I can control who I'm going to be today in my morning routine, right? If, you know, it's you're... simple things. It sounds like you're saying they're very simple oh, exercises and, and mm-hmm. uh, rituals even. Yeah, it doesn't, it, it, you know, they're almost like anchors of who do I want to be every day? This anchors that in. Because if I, if I instead of choose who I'm going to be today and let the world choose who I'm going to be, then... I have no idea who the hell I'm going to be. I could be a horrible, angry, mean person if I don't have choice on who I want to be. So I'm all about doing these things to anchor in the person that I've chosen to be in my regular life and making sure that that person is consistently the same person. Because that's also a thing that as an actor and somebody who's super um, empathetic, I can kind of like mold into... I'm. Well, I'm a Pisces, so I can kind of fit into whatever container you put me in. And so it's important for me to kind of set what that container is first thing in the morning and you know, make sure that I bring that consciousness and that awareness to where I'm at first thing in the morning so I can do what I need to do in order to be the person that I want to be. Right? Right, 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 right. And you teach this as part of your coaching, right? This is yeah, one well, of the many elements of how you... Yeah, so I just throw people. in... um like little things right because it's all about keeping it manageable you don't want to make big promises to yourself and break them because that would just deteriorate your confidence it's all about with a client or so to speak yeah yeah or my or myself you know i'm like i've totally made promises that i make i i make a i've made a lot of promises in my life that were way too big that i shouldn't have made because like there was no way that i was going to keep them and i didn't even want to keep them it was like one part of my brain saying, this is what we should do. And the other part was like, no way we're doing that. Right. And even just one incredibly simple example you just gave is like, hey, I got up two hours later than I told myself the night before I would. You have the choice to say, well, now my day is fucked and I'm just going to be 
miserable and depressed or mm-hmm. okay let's just carry on let's go forward and i'm gonna do this i'm gonna be me and just make gonna make it work yeah it's about taking that presence in the morning to decide yeah who you want to be so there's always a root always a need to maintain fluidity mm-hmm. as you set your boundaries and have your routines and have your rituals there's always a need to maintain a relevant amount of fluidity or as you might say empathy yeah empathy for yourself yeah and and it's important to yeah you don't have to make yeah it yeah it's totally important to be forgiving of oneself and be in the present moment that gets to one of the biggest topics that i wasn't sure we'd even get into because it's a topic unto itself and we've discussed we've kind of talked about talking about it before that Mm. was just man men Mm -hmm. men men right now and i think we both correct me if i'm wrong believe that it's it's not a political or, or larger social um, commentary. It's just that there's a lot of there's a maybe more than ever, or at least noticeably more than ever. There's a lot of men, especially in our generation, who are seemingly not having a good time and struggling mm-hmm. and not sure where to point themselves. Mm-hmm. Like their sense of direction is bonkers. Yeah, and when the first thing that comes up to my mind when we talk about this is that for so long, the idea of what a man is and what a man should do and the structure of that was so strong for so long and now seems to have completely deteriorated, which leaves people directionless unless they have a really strong sense of self. Yeah. You know, because so many people identify, like that could have only been the main thing that they identified as. Like, I identify as a man rather than identifying as an actor, a business person, you know, I identify, like, that was the main thing. And that construct has kind of um, been being clawed at and is kind of falling apart and people aren't sure what that really means anymore. So I think it's important to redefine in this new time what that is to kind of fit into the society that we're building. Yeah, and it's hard not to get into sort of more macro and, and larger sociological details and even political details right now with mm-hmm. that because I think they're directly linked. I think the correlation between you know, the, I always mess up the phrase, but whatever it is coming home to roost, the chicken coming home to roost. Like, mm-hmm. And and that experience is um, certainly related to basically just seeing how the stuff that we thought was supposed to work isn't working and isn't clearly not even working for people who are still doing it or trying it. Mm-hmm. It's an old paradigm. Shit. So what the hell do we do? Mm-hmm. Which is obviously inherently liberating at its foundation, but... Scary. Scary. <laughs> and overwhelming. And for many people, clearly very... Um, with that fear is, is a paralysis and a depression. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like a lot of the things that were... Good, like I think everything about masculinity has kind of been torn apart and it's about redefining what were the good things that were in that and, and how can we hold on to that and let go of the things that do need to be let go of, you know, and now most people, they don't, we don't know what those things are. So some people are holding on to um, very surface level things because they don't really understand what like true masculinity is. They understand the, um, kind of like side effects of it that the appearance but if you only do the side effects without the core of it it just is shallow 
you know, of like, you know, what I because re- I went through this crisis when my girl, I had a breakup when I was in my sophomore year of college and it was devastating. We'd been dev- dating for a couple of years and it was like my first serious relationship. And it was just really, really hard for me. And something that kind of set me off was something that wasn't even true, but it was like a whisper down the lane that I needed to be more of a man. And at that young age, without really being told what a man was, but getting my idea of masculinity from television and all of the social programming that we watch every day, that meant to me, I need to be more dominant. I need to make more money. I need to be more muscular. And I can't let anybody tell me what to do. You know, and that and those are the things that are toxic masculinity that a lot of people are holding on to. And what that attitude, right? Yeah, those qualities, right? Of of like the the shallowness of just having those because those things really are a byproduct of somebody who is confident in themselves, someone who takes care of themselves, somebody who has integrity. You know, like those are you know side effects of that. But if you're just going for those without the deeper meaning then that is what kind of has been um, tearing masculinity apart because that's what's toxic because there is no deeper meaning. Yeah, a lot of that sometimes can just be superficial. Exactly, superficial. Mm -hmm. Shallow, superficial. Which goes in every context. That's not Mm -hmm. just about men, of course. Yeah. Um, Superficiality is potentially endemic. It's it's a potential for anyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which comes from a lack of deeper understanding. So what are we now as men starting to understand? What is it that we can understand? What is it that we want to keep from the old models? I think the I think the old the thing to keep from all the old models comes down to integrity. A man's word, right? Yeah, how did you phrase it the other week? Like it was right around Christmas, remember? No. You had a whole model, integrity and building on integrity. Oh yeah, that integrity is the foundation to get us to unity. Right. You know, integrity is the building block. Because that's something that everybody can understand. You know, you can understand that if you keep your promises, good things happen. And if you keep your promises to yourself, you can never fall below a certain, you know, self-respect, self-worth. Integrity creates that self-respect, that self-worth, which then in turn, you know, you receive respect for having integrity, of saying what you're going to do, being a man of your word, always doing the right thing. These are the things that I think is missing in a lot of men today is this integrity because everybody's trying to show off and sometimes they lie and sometimes they say they're going to do stuff and they talk a big talk, but not that many people are actually walking the walk. And I think that that also has a lot to do with social media. You know, you're posting all these things that are a big talk, but are you actually walking the walk behind these videos, you know, which can, then lead into the depression and then you feel like you can't talk to anybody about it because then you're oh you mean if you're being inauthentic if you're being inauthentic and you're not you know doing what you say because then you feel like you can't talk to anybody about it because then not only have you it's bad enough to lose face with yourself but then once you finally start to lose face with other people then you really start to go down a hole but the thing is if you tell people that you're losing face we got to remember that people are here to support you you know and that is something that we need to remind men of and we need to encourage men to be supportive. And I think a lot of people in the generation are starting to get that of like being supportive. 
but a lot aren't. So it's about really um, empowering people to be supportive, to really look after each other and and call each other out of like, hey man, I don't, it doesn't seem like you're doing what you're saying you're doing. Are you okay? Instead of like, stop being such a liar and a little bitch. It's like, are you okay? It seems like you're not really, it's like, that, that means that something's wrong and have empathy, that they're struggling, that there's something that they feel that they need to prove, that there's, that they don't feel like they're good enough. And so it's about supporting them and getting to where they say they are, you know, rather than shaming them for not being where they say they are. The image or the idea and the experience even, I can experience it right now in myself. Yeah, the image and experience of essentially just no longer having any, let me think about how to say it differently. Um, it's just an intolerance for lying, basically. Like, there's no room anymore to tolerate it mm -hmm. and to put up with it in yourself or others. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, the room that we thought we had or that we gave ourselves to lie to ourselves and lie to each other is mm -hmm. just nearly gone basically what you're describing yeah it's just such a slippery slope that leads into all these other mental issues that people are struggling with today well sure and it right and there's not even a yeah the slope is very defined it's not even mm -hmm. slippery it's like automatic yeah <laughs> <laughs> not even a slippery slope just like a boom nope, you mm -hmm. fell you're gonna just crash yeah fast mm -hmm. and okay that makes sense, and I, I can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think integrity is so important, and to define really what that is is like, oh, there's that classic example of, because um, it's not just your word; it's your truth. So there's that example of a homeless man and Warren Buffett both go to a diner and they order the same thing, and they both leave a ten dollar tip. Who is out of integrity? Hmm. And what would you say? Well, I don't know, Warren. Yeah, I, I'm not inclined to give a judgment either either way. I think, though, it would be the homeless man, arguably. Exactly, because he's not living his truth. Yeah. Or, or the thing is, it's a cup of coffee and they give a $10 tip. So yeah. the tip is a little bit excessive. Yeah. So then the homeless man would be out of integrity because he's not living his truth. That's his last $10. Unless, obviously, there are always footnotes and ways to play with it, unless, by some, for some reason, this quote-unquote homeless man has chosen to be. But we're assuming in this story that he's not wanting to be homeless. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's just, yeah, we're assuming that, you know, you want to have all your needs covered, right? Yes. yes and so yes, to yes. give from This person a... doesn't have all his needs covered. Yeah. Buffett does. So, of course, to give away that much when you don't have, you can't even take care of yourself, Yes. And that's not, yeah, it's not true to, yeah, exactly. You need to be able to take care of yourself. He, he doesn't have that money to give, yes. you know, because it's a tip. It's not the cost of the thing. You know what I mean? It's an excessive tip. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. No pun intended. <laughs>
But um, yeah, no, and because the thing about integrity is it's the fun foundation of confidence in a lot of ways. You say you're going to do something and then you do it and then you build confidence and then you're going to and then you say you're going to do something and you do it again and you do it again and you do it again. And every time you do what you say you're going to do, you build a little bit more confidence and you build momentum. And as you build, mo that's the power of confidence because it's really momentum of a, I have the momentum that no matter what I say, I always end up doing it. And so it's important to start start small of like every day I'm going to drink a glass of water or, you know, even like I'm going to drink a glass of water right now and just focus on making sure that that happens right now and you don't get distracted. Even things like that of just saying something and then making it a reality. That in a lot of ways is integrity and that builds confidence, which builds momentum, which allows you to do anything that you want. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah more to add to that it, it, it's true it's complete and you know basically i'm just trying to not get into too many specifics on a macro level and mostly because i just don't think we really want to but whatever sure. whatever you want to talk about <laughs> let it flow i like i think that this should be a non-filtered conversation because we could always edit it <laughs> well i told you beforehand yeah the, the whole structure is inherently fluid you know, obviously i write things down i take some notes but letting it flow is the name of the game so we give ourselves enough time for that well yeah let's do it what do you think about yeah what are your feelings and thoughts about the larger political um context here i'm trying to be general with the question yeah it's very general um it's obvious where i'm going yeah but... i think so i think i think um that the pendulum has... I can get more specific. Yeah, get more specific. That's better. Right. So I <clears throat> perceive what needs to happen as largely a general kind of um, more of the same chicken coming home to roost and a, lo and like a reckoning, the day of reckoning in, mm -hmm. in this regard. We can't possibly kid ourselves anymore that this structure is working or good or... We can't possibly want to maintain it much longer. Mm -hmm. To me, that's just absolutely bonkers. That's insane. Just like we can't possibly in ourselves want to allow the lack of integrity, allow the inauthenticity. We know the more we take care of ourselves that that can't happen. That is um, a fly in the ointment of our, of our divinity, if you will, and our sense of unity and our, our um, experience as whole, beautiful creatures mm. humans that are creative and allow we can't allow ourselves to healthily express and create and be if we still do that and on a macro level just the bigger social construct and social uh structure it, it can't possibly continue that's just crazy and, and which structure are you referring to just well, like kind of everything but specifically this idea that we can be um like our government just the way that the government is organized it has to dramatically evolve mm -hmm. yeah and i think it will i think it's inevitable do you have any vision on that you know i have had vision in the past but right now i'm just surrendering to what is you know because i think that it, it's unfolding the way that it should and you know, I, I know who I would want to be in office to, you know, let's, make that kind of change that I'd like to see. But who knows if that's actually the right thing? I'm not so... 
exactly. Let's pretend he or she gets elected, so to speak, as president, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. And I don't even relate to that as cynical. That's just real. That's just a well, realistic. It, it could. It could matter. It, it. It's like everything. Yeah. It. It's kind of like we need. You need to flush out. Yeah. It's kind of you need all new politicians. Well, I don't even know personally. It doesn't even look like that. Okay. So hypothetically, that, that yes, structure. Well, something that I'm not even sure that the like if you were in some office in that regard and mm-hmm. other people like you were would it work would it be good and work meaning that it supports and allows for more life for all of us um so, maybe so, yeah something that i think regardless of what you think about the federal government something that i think needs to happen one way or another is that community government needs to take over more and more and become more focused because we've lost our sense of community and our sense of connection with everybody. And that, if we start to regain our sense of community on a smaller level and have those kind of governments have a little bit more power or are just like bringing people together, then we can all have this, people will be much kinder to each other. Yes, and almost paradoxically, an increase in community or mm-hmm. an expansion of community because what is a nation or um a state if not suppose a hypothetical community yeah and what the hell do we have them for anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. what the hell do they exist for anymore it's a freaking uni we're a unified species uh-huh yeah glo- globalized and it, yeah that's partly my point if we continue to operate other than like in a way that isn't true to that we're that's the fly in the ointment like there's no there is no other community at this point besides the universal one in our everyday actions yes we need to mm-hmm. operate with uh, respect for what we call the local community and i think we know we can improve those dramatically yeah i don't see how we can ever move forward without becoming clearer about the inherent unified community that is the human race Mm -hmm. and that's not just like hippie talk that's just like dude this is yeah this is the only way forward and yeah and everybody (laughs) needs star trek vision (laughs) and we need to give everybody what they need you know this idea that there is only a fixed amount of resources like it's everybody can get we can make sure that everybody on the planet has what they need to survive and then give them the freedom to make more beyond that. But I think we really, like it, I think it's crazy that people can't agree that that would be a good thing. Well, and that's why it's not necessarily worth opening it fully up because why, what do we need to look at in order to improve that tendency to disagree? That's a big conversation. That's a big Well, and piece. It, it all comes down to the collective consciousness focusing on lack and scarcity. Yes. And lack and scarcity has been a way... Separation. Well, yeah, separation. Fear has been a way to separate people from people in order to maintain power over somebody by being afraid of other people. And when you when people are afraid of other people, then you have power over those people if you have the weapons and whatever to protect them and make sure that they're okay rather than coming from a place of power of like, I'm here to provide for you and make sure that you're happy and safe of like, oh, I'm here to, you have to do what I say in order to be safe, you know? And that's why, you know, not to bring it back to Kuru and your coaching and and your brand specifically, and to whatever extent it's linked to Kuru, just there is no, as I see it, 
of the, there is, I, I don't know a better way to be of service right now than to create a context for us to learn about our individual, how we are unified individually. There is inherent unity in ourselves as we mm-hmm. are and grow from that. Meaning the, the sense that consciousness as you're referring to, that sense of unity, obviously we need to create that within ourselves in our bodies and have the ripple effect yes yes and it's an educational revolution if you will Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) i don't know of any i don't have any idea that would work besides that yeah the educational revolution yeah my my and my idea is like my thing has always been help move the conscious the collective consciousness onto the next stage of evolution and because the thing that's stopping us isn't the resources isn't the technology isn't these things the thing that's stopping us is people being able to see that we're all one and that we are, when somebody else hurts, we hurt as well. And if everybody was able to feel that and evolve their consciousness to really sense that and believe that on a deep level, then I feel like all of these things would shift. You know, the song, uh, one by you two, or even with or without you, the two of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you know about the songs? No. Yeah. U2's autobiography is really worth reading, if not just for those two songs. Because the way mm-hmm. that it's written is essentially just a, a breakdown of their their journey from A to where they are now, wherever it was when they wrote it. Mm-hmm. And they kind of chronologically like explain where they were with each song and each album. Mm. And they write it themselves, obviously. And Bono writes about those two songs. It's so It's so relevant and so beautiful and not at all especially with with or without you what you'd expect um and i bring it up because i think that it's it's some of the best poetry out there to really capture how obviously we're unified obviously we need to understand our unity and you know with respect to how it's even coming back to masculinity there's something from the quote-unquote old model to keep we also are individuals and need to be able to act and express and create as unique individuals. It's both. Mm-hmm. And I guess what it looks like to me is that most people, you know, the scale is tipped towards holding on to and clinging to that individuality excessively and too tightly. And not that, you know, it's, we're not suggesting that you should let go of that. Or, or that that's wrong. Like, there's nothing inherently wrong about that. Mm-hmm. It's merely a matter of excess. Yeah, and I think clinging on to anything is a matter of not feeling safe. Yeah. <clears throat> right? So how like, do you get people to feel more safe to be themselves with an awareness of... Well, they could trust, <laughs> if they trust that everything's working the way that it should be working and that they are divinely perfect as they are and whatever expresses through them is, you know, exactly what should be there, but it's just the same expression that's coming through everybody else and we're all just different filters of the same thing and just embrace that you are a filter of the same thing that's coming through somebody else, but it's coming through in a different way. I think that then you can feel safe just knowing that, you know, we're all expressing the same thing through different filters that's the revolution sure all right yeah there's other notes here but that's a good spot it is a good spot that's a good spot so i think we'll wrap it up yeah um as you you know share with us your your beautiful sounds again Mm mm-hmm
Um, and is this uh, item on your wrist worth mentioning? No. Copper? No, it's just an accessory, right? No, well, it's from Dominher, <laughs> Italy. My aunt got it for me. It's supposed to balance your emotions. We're not going to talk about Dominher now? I mean, it's just like a... I'm, you know what it is? Yeah. I, just, I wish I had known you know, 30 minutes ago. I might have brought it up. I'm never, <laughs> I've, I've never been there. I don't know too much about it besides that it's like these temples and caves. Well, it's an intentional I mean, community in Italy that it's probably one of the, as far as I'm aware, few that actually functions with a sense of sovereignty. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an Italian thing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, apparently it's pretty successful and, you know, they have their own economy, mm-hmm. the Italian government, the Italian economic system. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of... And they make plants things. They make a lot of... There's apparently a lot that works there. Yeah. Um, they hook yeah. electrodes up to plants and then do certain things to them and then they sing different songs based on like the feelings uh, that you express yeah. towards the plants. That makes sense. I know Sting was hanging out there at one point. That makes sense. <laughs> He's probably singing with them. Yeah, I have a... Uh, did we talk about how I used to live at a couple of intentional communities? I have like three years of... No. Deliver- yeah. Well, another time. Another time. Another time. Um, yeah, the only other notes here were about your accountability club, and obviously you've got the class starting Monday, and this will be released after that first class, but... People can come after that. They will come after, yeah. So they're going to be Monday nights here at Koru. At 7. 7 p.m., and just come ready to play, essentially, right? Come as you are. Come ready to tell stories. Come ready to express yourself. Just... Leave your fear at the door. Thanks, Kurt. <laughs> Anything about the accountability clubs? Is that going to be happening at Coru? Yeah, that's going to happen at Coru um, this upcoming Tuesday. So if you're a business owner and you're looking to make more money, get advice from other business owners, network, and have people to hold you accountable for the things that you say that you're going to do to make sure you're going to do them, Come on by. We're doing an information session here at Coru, and then afterwards, we're thinking about having a fire and ice party. That so bring your bathing suits and bring fifteen dollars. What time on Tuesdays? It's gonna be at seven on Tuesday in one of these rooms. Yeah. Okay. Great. And other than that, you're available at Coru for coaching sessions, not just fire and ice, but general. Yeah. Coaching one on one, small groups, and Obviously, people can also go to your website, which is... If you just Google CaseyKolodny.com, you'll find it. But it's also CoachingWithCasey.com. And Casey is spelled C-A-Y-C-E. And Kolodny is spelled K-O-L-O-D-N-E-Y. Yeah, I'll put all that in writing. But you're also... Yeah, you're available. Not just at Coru. You're available privately. You're available... I think you do... Through the phone, through the computer. Yeah. Remotely is the word I was looking for. Remotely. Yeah, we can do a phone session. We can, and I'm looking to set some dates for retreats, and I'll probably be doing workshops here at Coru. And um, I'm also in New York City sometimes. So if you're in New York City, reach out. Yeah. And if you want to really get a sense of Casey at his best, you should watch episode 51. 51 of The Deuce. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. The Deuce? <laughs> now, season two, episode six. Season two, episode six. What's episode 51? Oh, that's that other podcast that I did. 
Oh. The manifesting reality. Hello again. Thank you for listening to, and hopefully, presumably, if you're this far into the track or this far into the episode, enjoying my chat and our time with Mr. Casey Kolodny. He is... He is exactly the way, hopefully, you you think he is from that conversation. Just full of energy, full of wisdom and insight and focus and clarity and commitment. He's a good man, a man of honor, focused on a code of honor, as he would say. Next episode is whichever you choose, because I'm pretty sure we released these all at once, these first four that we recorded pre whatever is going on. So next up, enjoy either Mitchell or Jonathan or Beth, however you see fit. I recommend you listen to them as Casey, then Mitchell, then Jonathan, then Beth. That is the order they were recorded, but it's okay. It's it's your world. You do what you want. Have some fun with it. Thanks again. Um, subscribe if you haven't already. Like. Uh, share, all that jazz, and check out Casey's website if um, you didn't already do that. It's going to be in the notes here, but obviously it's, well, not obviously, but not surprisingly, it is coachingwithcasey.com. All right. Hopefully, eventually, you'll be able to do that here at Koru. Not hopefully, but someday you will. We just don't know when. Okay. Thank you. Be well.